0: Well, good morning. Can you believe it has been two years since we've been able to gather here together? And I'm so glad to see so many of your bright, shining faces. It is just fabulous. Now, I already told you guys to fill out an attendance card. And if you have not done that, it is in the program. And if one of you got one that, it's not in that program, just go ahead and fill one out in front of you if you need it. But we need to know how many ladies are here, where you're from, and it needs to be our members as well, so we know the exact attendance for today, and we really appreciate it. Um, And Then in just a couple of minutes, we'll have our ladies take those cards up, and um, we'll be ready to roll on that. Also in your program for today, um, please read through it. I'm not going to give a big introduction on Becky. We are so happy to have her here today, but there is a, just a good outline of her life, and please read that, and please read the back, and that gives us you more information also. So just that's, we hopefully can limit me talking up here, and then you can look at the program and get all your information. All of the bathrooms, the men and women, are for all ladies today if you need to use those facilities. And first off, I would like to thank our committee. <clears throat> this, this is not an easy task to pull together. And I think you all realize that. But we have a great committee that um, has worked hard these past few months to, to bring Becky here and just do everything that we needed to do to have today be a success. And I would like these ladies to stand. Kathy Hargrove was our chair. Karen Bowles, Tonya Morris, Deborah Rogers, Jeannie Underhill, and myself. And give these ladies a round of applause because it is well-deserved. And thank you so much. And we have another lady, Martha Thorne, who these beautiful decorations that you see with the sunflower, she is the one that can always pull together the best-looking decorations ever, so we appreciate her. And Becky Blackman is gonna be our speaker today. She's from Hewitt, Texas, correct? And she worships with the Lakeshore Drive Church of Christ. And I know you're looking forward to her message, and I know many of you ladies have already read her books. And also, Becky's publisher, Peggy Coulter, which I know a lot of you have looked at the books that are available for sale. Um, She's from Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, if you wish to buy any books, you can do that after uh, our program is finished. And it's not just Becky's books, it's other Christian authors as well. Um, This morning, Haley Burchett is going to be leading our singing, and then after that, we'll have a prayer and a scripture reading, and then I will come back up and uh, introduce Becky. Okay, thank you ladies for being here. Good morning. They told me the slides would be up,
1: so I'm going to wait for that. There we go. Okay. Um, first song that we have this morning is Are You Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom? So let's stand for the first song. Are you so?
2: Uplifting. It is wonderful to see all you beautiful ladies this morning. I want to ask you to go with me in prayer. Thank you for those that are. we are blessed to have here today and for giving us this wonderful day you have created. We are so very thankful for this time we come together to hear Miss Becky Blackman today. We pray that our minds are focused on her message and that we sow the seeds of your holy word in each other and to all those in our community and beyond. May we seek out others to share your word, to praise you in everyday life, in hopes to have eternity with you in heaven. We ask your blessing on all these wonderful women here today, the ones that are sick and unable to be with us, the bereaved and the shut-ins. In your holy son's name, amen. Good morning. The scripture reading today is taken from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast.
0: I know you're tired of seeing in my face, but I'll keep it quick. Becky, we are so happy to have you with us today, all the way from Hewitt, Texas, which is near Waco, okay, pretty much, and um, the beauty of her being here today, not only that she's traveled this far, far, that the Lord has blessed her with safe travels, but she's going to share a message that I know is going to be uplifting to all of you ladies, and, you know, we need a bright light. We do. We need the Lord to shine his bright light down on us. We've had two really rough years in our world, and things still aren't perfect, of course, but it is just hopefully she can give us a bright spot to look forward to. Becky, thank you so much, and you are welcome to begin.
3: Well, good morning, girls. Or as Minnie Pearl used to say, what? Howdy. And I, I love the hat with the price tag. Did you know that she was a Rhodes Scholar? Do you know how smart you have to be? To, I, have to, I wasn't a Rhodes Scholar. I'll tell you that right now. I'm so glad to be here. I am. I thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy uh, Saturday. I know, what you, we, I know what we women do on Saturdays. Well, we got to go to Walmart. Have to and we'll do grocery shopping, and we don't want to clean the house, and we've got all these things on our list. When, abs- when we wanted to do absolutely what, girls? Tell me. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. We just didn't want to do anything. But you chose to come today, and I hope that I'm the blessing for you. First of all, can you hear me? Is it too loud or is it okay? Everybody in the back? All right, and I, I tell folks, you have, to, <laughs> you have to hang on, girls. We are just going to have the best day today, and I'm so proud of you for having the Ladies' Day. Women are hungry, and we want to come back. God made us to be social. And staying at home and watching services on live stream, although it was great to have, the first time we, we, we were out of uh, pocket in a way for about a month in, in Waco, And then we started coming back. And the first time that we all met together in the auditorium again and started singing, I sat there and cried. That's how emotional we are. But that's how important worship is. And I'm so thankful this is your 41st ladies' day. Is that right? Good for you. Don't stop now. Satan wants to defeat us. Did you know that? (laughs) Did any of you have to fight... Who's going to be honest? Did any of you have to fight Satan this morning about coming? You can nod your head, I understand. I understand that. I know that. Today is our day. We get to laugh. If I say something you like, or and I'll say, "In that right?" and you're supposed to say, "That's right, preach it sister." OK. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Absolutely. Satan didn't want you to come today, but you stop and think about, what have we done? We've had scripture we got to sing. We got to pray. Now we're going to open up the Word. Lord willing, when we leave here today, we will be more committed to the Lord than we ever were before, and that is why Satan hates ladies' days. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, do you have a pen? I bet you do, because I saw some Pretty, isn't this place beautifully decorated? Everybody say amen. It is gorgeous. Um, My phone's up here, but I need to go and take pictures. Peggy, take pictures. This is just so pretty. You've got paper. In In the program, there's lots of lines. I want you to use them up, girls. It is not important what Becky Blackman says. It's important what the Lord says, amen? So write down the scriptures. That's what's important, the powers in the message, not the messenger. So write down the Scriptures, and if you don't get a Scripture, raise your hand. I'll say it again, okay? I want to make sure you know what the Lord says. My mother gave me this Scripture. I talk about my mom a lot. She was my mentor, sat on her lap, loved her to death. She gave me this Scripture a long time ago, and I've written it upon my heart, and I always want to give it first thing. So you ready? Let's write it down. 1 John four. 4. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. What does that mean? It means that God's bigger than Satan and he's going to win. You choose what's right. And he wins every time. And so I love the fact that we're, we're planting joy seeds. We are because we can be joyful, can't we? We have a choice in this life. It's either to be negative or to be what? Positive. Now, I won't say this. Is it easy to be positive all the time? No. You have your down days, right? And sometimes you want to just... Did you ever just wake up and you're just negative anyway? Have you heard the old story? Some, somebody asked this woman, do you wake up grouchy every morning? And she said, no, sometimes I let him sleep. Well, sometimes we wake up grouchy every morning. We do. Well, today we're talking about being positive too. So I love the fact that we're sowing the seeds of joy. How wonderful it is. I want to give you this quote. If you can write fast, let's see if you can do it. A half-hearted Christian, a half-hearted Christian cannot serve. A half-hearted Christian cannot serve a whole Hearted Savior. It's all the way. It's all or nothing at all with the Lord. A half-hearted Christian cannot serve a whole-hearted Savior. And I say this, girls. I know how special your day is today. You may have walked in that door out there and your heart just feels like it's going to break. You feel like just a little nudge and you'll go over the edge. Been there, done that. And I want you to know, this day is for you. We've all come for you. We want to help. That You're my mission. And at the end of the day, my mission is fulfilled. I just want to help. We have had a rough two years, but you know what? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. God's going to win every time. Are you not glad? Do you not rejoice? Number one, God woke you up this morning. Don't you rejoice that there's nothing more wonderful? You'll hear old Beck. That's me, old Beck. You'll hear me say over and over and over, there is nothing more wonderful in this whole wide world than being just a Christian. Right? Just a Christian. So remember that, girls, there's nothing more wonderful. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, hope you've got Kleenex. Do you have a Bible? Anybody got a Bible on you? You probably have your phone, but are there Bibles in the pews? I don't know. Okay, they're not. If the, lady sit- <laughs> if the lady sitting next to you has a Bible, well, honey, you just go sit on her lap. That's all right. And you'll hear me say the Scripture anyway. That's the most important thing is to have Bible Bible pen, paper, to where you can write down these things. So here we are, talking about joy, talking about the different things that we're going to be laughing. True stories. some, I'll, t- I'll try to tell you if it's not a real story. There are books back there, Peggy is in charge. If you're interested, and I wanna thank this group here today because I believe you just got through studying Seek the Precious Moments, I believe. That's book three. So I'll be talking a little bit about The Begging Place, Pearl Seeker, precious moments you just saw. The last one, if any of you knew my mom, Dimple over there did. My mother wrote five books, and she would say to me, when are you going to write yours? And I would say, well, it's cooking to get her off my neck. And then she got Alzheimer's and forgot who we were. And I thought to myself, I'll write about this because all I did was beg God. So begging place was prayer. She wrote five books. And so Peggy, last year, suggested, why don't you take your mama's favorite book, the one that you love the most, and you two write a book together. And that's the newest one. So see, Peggy, if you're interested, think Christmas makes great presents. And don't leave here until I've signed it for you. And I sign other people's books, too even the men's. I do. I sign Celine's all the time. I don't sign her name. I just say, I love you, Becky. (laughs) It's that kind of thing. So we were talking in the car today about funny things that children sing. And uh, (laughs) this one I just love. This little girl was about four or five. Someday I will meet Lauren is her name. Her daddy was telling about it from the pulpit. And she loves to sing, and she sings in the shower, and she sings to her dollies, and she sings, drives everybody crazy, sings in the car. So she'd been to uh, VBS, and her mother called up the daddy and said, you'll never guess what Lauren is singing today. And he said, what's she singing? And she was singing. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, my achy, breaky heart. This one is our congregation. Um, Her daddy had been leading the singing on Wednesday night, I think it was. And one of the last songs, and you know, we haven't sung this in a long time When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Remember that? I'll be there. And so the next morning, and her mama put it on Facebook, that Julia had been going around the house singing When the Roll is Called Up Yonder, I'll be dead. And the funny one, this isn't a song, but this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I filled in for, at the 10-year-old, third, whatever grade that is, class. I haven't been in that type of classroom for a long time. Go do it, girls. It's an eye-opener. So I'm, and those kids are falling, <laughs> climbing, or the, they were just so much fun. I just let them, we just acted out. We became the Jews in the wilderness. It's 105 degrees in Waco, Texas, all summer long. I took them out in the parking lot. You know how hot it was in the parking lot? And I made them carry a bag with a Bible. And I said, we're going out to the parking lot and we're going to complain the whole time. Are you ready? We're the Jews in the wilderness. Oh, and I said, you have to stay behind me. I wish I could have had this on film. They all lined up. I said, okay, complain. Oh, it's hot. Oh, I need a shower. I want a hamburger and french fries. Oh, they were terrific. And then we came back under the covering and I said, now we're going to go back out and we're going to praise God. Look at the trees. We have some trees, very few. Oh, look at the sky. Look at this. They were so sweet. One little boy went home and said, I like Miss Becky. We went out and complained, and she said we were to complain. It was okay to complain. We get back in. I was supposed to teach them about Haggai and Zechariah. And I said, next week you have the story of Esther. I would much prefer telling you the story of Esther... And as they were leaving, I said, enjoy Esther. She has another name, you know. Esther's not her only name. And this little girl piped up. She's about eight, and she said, I never saw that coming. (laughs) You don't know what they're going to say, do you? (laughs) It's an eye-opener to teach kids. I love it. So let's stop and have a prayer just for a minute. Father, you're so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this moment in time. Oh, Lord, help me not to say anything you don't want me to. But, Lord, just fill us up with your word and help us to be joyful no matter what happens to us, Lord. May we be your daughter, a joyful girl. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Songs on my heart this morning. Really, it's two. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love. Lord Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah thine the glory. Hallelujah amen. Hallelujah thine the glory. Light the fire plant the seed and let it grow. One more song. I know the Lord will find a way for me. I know the Lord will find a way for me. If I walk in heaven's light, shun the wrong and do the right, I know the Lord will find a way For me. Do you believe that? That is a comfort song, girls. I sing that to myself. Sometimes when it seems there's no hope, there's hope. I sing it to myself in the doctor's office. You got a plan for me. There's a way for me. You haven't forgotten me, Lord. Please, Lord, remember me. Do you know that five times in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah says to the Lord, in fact, he ends, the whole book ends on this one sentence, Lord, remember me for good. Don't remember me for bad. Don't you want the Lord to remember you for good? I sure do. So here we are talking about joy, and I'm going to tell you funny stories, but can I tell you, you know, why do we like to watch cartoons? Because they make us laugh. Have you ever noticed that if you're watching cartoons with children, you'll laugh at the same things? I think it means that we're really only five. (laughs) We're just five years old. So we watch these cartoons. We love to laugh. We think they're funny. I have two favorite jokes, and you're going to make me feel so good if you laugh, so just make old Beck feel good. The first one is about this uh, 60-year-old couple, and they go out, and they're having their anniversary dinner, and so... um, the restaurant comes and brings them the little cupcake with a candle and they blow it out and the genie appears. Typical genie story. The genie goes over to the woman and he says, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want. And she said, he never takes me anywhere. I want to travel. Poof! The genie gave her a stack of tickets, airline, boat, you just name it. She could go anywhere she wanted. Oh, she's a happy girl. Then he says to the man, what do you want? And the man goes, I've always wanted to know what it was like to have a wife 30 years younger than I am. Poof, the, ger- the genie turned him into a 90-year-old man. <laughs> I love that one. And then there's this one. Ben Flat told this joke, and I, I think he did. I haven't forgotten it. It's just my favorite. Did you hear the one about the 80-year-old guy? And he goes out and he marries this 18-year-old chick. Oh, man, she's a pretty thing. Takes her to the doctor, and he says, See, doc, I did what you told me to do. The doctor said, I told you to do this. And the old man said, You most certainly did. You said, Go get a hot mama and be cheerful. And the doctor said, No, I didn't. I said, You have a heart murmur. Be careful. (laughs) I love that. One more. We have this lady at our congregation, she's passed on in her 90s, and she would send us all sweet little notes, inspirational. But what she didn't know, that on the back of the note was a joke that her stepson had put on the back. And so we would read Lena's note, and then we'd look at the joke and laugh. Well, every it would come on, come on Mondays. So uh, one Monday I got her little note, and I read it, and read the joke, and went... Tell me you've been like this. I don't get it, right? I don't get it. So I just kind of went around the house Thursday, I picked it back up and read it again. Here's the joke, and I got it. Did you hear the one about the lady who has the heart attack? And so they rush her to the hospital and they rush her to surgery. And as she's going into surgery, of course, and they're putting her out, she sees the long tunnel and she sees the bright light and a voice says, Go back, go back, you've got fifteen more years. So she came out, when she came out of the anesthesia, she thought, Oh, I got fifteen more years. So she had every work done that she'd always wanted to do. She had it. Face lift. She had the tummy tuck. She had liposuction. She had everything she wanted to do, wanted to have. She even had her hairdresser come in and do her hair, new makeup. She w- walked out of the hospital, and when she wa- stepped off the curb at the hospital, an ambulance came flying out of nowhere, hit her, and killed her. Well, she got up to heaven, and she was angry. And she wanted to find the Lord because she's going to have words... She found him, and she said, you told me I had 15 more years. And the Lord said, I'm just so sorry I didn't recognize you. (laughs) Now, where's my glasses? There. If you don't get it, you'll get it on Thursday. Why do we like to laugh? Because it's good for us. Did you hear the true story of the woman it was uh, in Reader's Digest. This woman had a got to the hospital, got on the elevator, had, was in labor, and had her baby in the elevator. There was a male nurse that was helping her. It's true story. And so he was helping her, and uh, she kept apologizing, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." And he said to make her feel better, "Well, ma'am, last year." Some woman had her baby out on the front lawn of this hospital, and she said, oh, that was me too. <laughs> that was me too. Some of you understand that one. <laughs> we love to laugh, and sometimes we can laugh at ourselves. Is that easy? No. We had Billy Lambert at our, at our house one time, a, a bunch of preachers. I love to hear preacher stories, don't you? Well, they're funny. And he said one of the funniest things that ever happened, and this is why I like the portable mic, oh, I hope I don't fall. I got a new knee. It works. Pretty good. He said, I was up here preaching. And he said it was a good sermon. Of course it was. And he said the audience was listening. And very faintly, I started to hear, okay, put yourself in this congregation, and I kept, I didn't hear, I got, I got louder and I talked more. Meow. The voice, whatever this is, is getting louder. And he said, I look and there were little, oh, filters. What are those grates that are in, you know, what are those things called? Vents, yeah. And he said, there was a vent back here. And he said, you could see the kitty cat that was right there With his face looking at me, his whiskers sticking out. Well, of course, he'd lost his audience. And he said, So I, he said, an elder that was sitting on the front seat knew he had to do something. So he came up the steps and he said, We just all kind of looked at him. What are you going to do? And he went over to the vent, had to unscrew it, and this is where the audience fell apart. He leaned down and the elder said, Here, kitty, 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 Grabbed him, put him under his arm and trots out. So Billy tries to get the church back. Okay, let's get back to the sermon. Gets them back to the lesson he wants to tell them when all of a sudden, guess what he hears? Meow. The cat came back. And he said, I just closed it out and left. But one of the funniest, he said, the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me, he said, I extend, if if you've ever known Billy, he's kind of a round guy. I extended the invitation. He said, I went over to the steps. I stepped off the first step, and he said, I didn't fall face forward. He said, I hit my fanny, and I bounced all the way down. And he said, do you know that everybody laughed? What would you do? Laugh. (laughs) A friend told me this. She was in a congregation somewhere in Tennessee, and she said they were doing communion. Very, very holy, of course, very somber. And the man was doing the prayer for the grape juice. And he said, Oh Lord, we're just so thankful for the fruit of the loom. (laughs) And everybody looked at him, and then he realized what he had said. And he did what he should have done. He said, we will do this later. Right? And so they stopped, went on to the other things that they were going to do with the sermon or whatever and came back to that. I have a dear friend named Lynn. She is just so much fun. But she's the one, like me, Calamity Jane, everything's going to happen to. Right? Anybody identify? Well, we had at our congregation, oh... We had uh, church services first and then we had, I think you do too, and then you have class? Right. So our class, the auditorium class met, isn't there a division right there in the halfway right? Okay, we met from that point backwards. Okay, so nobody came down here, but we went back up here to have class up there. Everybody got it? So Lynn goes to the bathroom. It's winter time, she has on a black accordion skirt and black pantyhose. You need to know that because it's a bathroom story. She goes to the bathroom, and we all have them, right? The toilet paper on the shoe, you name it. No, Lynn's gotta do it up bigger than that. And so what she didn't know was that she had not pulled her skirt all the way down, and she had wrapped up her skirt and her slip all in her waistband. So what you see are pantyhose and panties. And she walked, and I was, i never saw it. Thank you. And I was just sitting, waiting for her, because she came and sat down beside me. And she—she she has a sachet walk, so she's coming walking down the, like this. And I hear people gasping. And one of our dear friends on the other side of the auditorium is going, "Oh my, 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 my!" We couldn't get to her in time, and of course, she had flashed us all. Anybody ever done that one? She says, when I go to the bathroom now, I make sure everything... Have you ever walked out? Have you ever seen somebody walk out with a toilet paper just coming? Oh, a lady in the airport the other day. She had six feet of toilet paper coming behind her. And (laughs) And you just, you get the best laugh, right? Those things are great. They are funny. We laugh when we're in church. Somebody always comes and gives me a story. And this one lady walked up to me and she says, here's my story. The elder was up in the pulpit giving the news and bringing people up on what had happened. So he said about this lady, this lady had gone in for a biopsy, and he said, Sister so-and-so is at home now after having her autopsy. (laughs) I don't think you can go home after you have an autopsy. You heard the one about, now this one isn't true, that this woman woman came home from a prayer meeting. And she came home and there was a robber in her home robbing her, taking her stuff out the door. And she said, I said, the first thing that came to my mind, stop Acts 2.38. And the robber just froze. And so she calls the police. Police come handcuff him and get him into the car. And the policeman said, Why didn't you run? All that old lady did was yell a scripture at you. And the guy says, A scripture? I thought she said she had an axe and two thirty-eights. <laughs> well, <laughs> it stopped him. Girls, write it down. God wants us to laugh. God has given us a sense of humor, hasn't he? Look at us. We have to have a sense of humor. Don't you ever wonder if you make God laugh? Sometimes I'll do something crazy or fall down somewhere because I'm always doing something like that, and I'm thinking, oh, you must be laughing because this is like that. I love to read um, church signs. I've almost had a wreck reading the back of a church sign. Here's some of my favorites. Write, write this one down. This one's my favorite. Where will you spend eternity, smoking or non-smoking? Get right or get left. I like that one. How many of you remember Ethel Merman? There's no business. Remember that one? Like what? Show business. Well, this church sign said, There's no business like soul business. And then I like this one. It said, Be fishers of men. You catch them, Jesus will clean them. (laughs) Now let's go. Bible. What does Proverbs have to say? Got your Bible? If not, write down the scripture. You can look at it later. Proverbs 15.33 says, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. When the the face is happy, man, you just want to tell the world about it. You you, You want to skip down the street. Maybe it was the first time you were in love or the first time you were kissed and your heart was just flying. You wanted to tell the world about it. Well, I like to tell stories about Brother Keeble. Brother Keeble came to our home in New England. I was about 16 years old and he spent a whole week with us in Concord, New Hampshire holding the meeting. I have never heard preaching like that in all my life. He changed my Life, And we've got generations growing up that don't know Keeble. Well, I'm doing my best to educate them. Go Google his name, Marshall Keeble, and you will see lessons and sermons on CDs. Listen to them in the car. You will love them. Well, he came and changed my life, but in this one book called His Hand and Heart by Willie Cato, in this book it said that some preachers would, were gathered around Keeble, and they said, you know... When we go back to the churches that we used to preach at, all the people want to love on us. The women come and hug us. And they said, Brother Keeble, do you have that problem? And he said, I sure do. And they said, well, what do you do about it? And he said, I just stand there till they get through. (laughs) You see people, you want to hug them and love them. I was in the grocery store, Kroger, in Fayetteville, Georgia, and I met a movie star. Want to know who it was? Well, some of you may not know her. This was several years ago, probably in the 80s, when they had a video department. Anybody remember that? You could get movies. Well, that was the first day that my favorite movie, Lady and the Tramp, was out. And I thought, I've got to get that. So I went up to the counter, cute little young girl going to wait on me. And so I'm saying to the young girl while she's ringing up the cell, I have always wanted this movie. It's my favorite. It's my favorite movie. favorite Disney movie this deep-throated voice behind me said, and just, who is in it? And I didn't turn around. I thought, who doesn't know about Lady in the Tramp? I turned around, and there was, how many of you remember Patricia Neal? Okay, Patricia Neal, and I'm thinking, oh, Gary Cooper, there was a big one. She had a stroke, married to Raoul Dahl, remember this. And so she still has a cane she has with her. Looks absolutely gorgeous. She's asked you a question, Becky. What was the question? Who's in it? And I said the first thing that came to me, which I shouldn't have done, I guess, I just said, two dogs.
0: (laughs) That's all I can think of. Peggy Lee
3: dogs. And of course, I'm sure she thought I was an idiot, but I couldn't wait to tell somebody in that Kroger store, Patricia Neal is in here, Academy Award winner for HUD with Paul Newman. And I'm thinking, where's somebody that I can tell? Well, I had to go find an older woman like me, and she was giving out coupons. You know how they used to do that, give out coupons over in a station? And I got there, and I said, do you remember Patricia Neal, the Academy Award for HUD, and all that? She goes, yeah, there she is. And we stood there and watched her. You will love this When it came time for her to check out, because she had some things she had to buy, she had coupons. (laughs) Her brother uh, taught at the school nearby, the college, and she was in town a lot. Absolutely perfect, no wrinkles. I mean, gorgeous. She's gone on by now. Have you ever seen a movie star, and you just want to stare at them? You think it's interesting. I thought she was interesting, girls. Now look at this one, 1515 of Proverbs. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart, this was our scripture reading. A cheerful heart has a continual feast. You know, there are some people that when you're around them, it's like a day at every day's Thanksgiving. They maintain the positive spirit. Tell me, girls, is that easy? Is that easy? No, it's not. It can be very hard. We make the decision. So write it down. We make the decision whether to be happy or not. We make the decision whether we're going to plant that seed in our heart or not. You know, for those of you who are gardeners or farmers... You make the decision about this row is going to be this, this row is going to be this, this row is going to be this, and I'm going to take care of it. Well, we do that too. We either are going to be pleasant or we're not going to be pleasant. We can make life miserable for people. Look at Philippians 4, 11 and 12. So you're going back and forth in your Bible. We'll come back to Proverbs in just a minute, okay? That there are people whose lives can be very difficult, but they maintain a good, good spirit. Philippians 4: 11 and 12. Now, all of us know, tell me, what does Philippians 4:13 say? "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But before you get to 4:13, do you know what 11 and 12 say? Well, listen to it. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along in humble means and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being content, of being filled, and going hungry. Both of having abundance and suffering need. And then you get to verse 13, say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul had learned the secret of joy. Write down the word joy. You know what you've heard. Jesus what? First. Others second. Yourself the last. I found this one the other day, which is Jesus owns you. That's joy. Burton Kaufman says the whole theme of the New Testament is joy. And it should be why? Jesus has come. In the flesh grace will happen to mankind so wonderful have you learned heard the old saying that I've been rich and I've been poor but richer was better (laughs) it is why well girls write it down it's easy to be happy when things are going great isn't it wonderful you got money in the bank the kids aren't sick everybody's doing great but it's hard to be happy When none of those things are happening, when you're on your knees, when your back's against the wall, what are you going to do? How can you maintain that spirit? So I ask you this question. Do people run to see you when they see you coming? Or do they say, Here comes sister so-and-so, duck. (laughs) Which one? Look at it. Listen. Do you know what? James 1 teaches us that we have to look in the mirror. The woman in the mirror. Is she a doer? Is she a listener? What's she doing? Or is she just looking at herself, checking her hair, and walking out the door, forgetting the image that was there? Think about it, girls. Now, go back to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 says in verse 23 A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. Oh, girls, be pleasant to your waitresses. Be pleasant to people who serve you. When they see you coming, they ought to know, here comes the light. I know her. Every time she comes through my line at Walmart, Walmart, she says, have a blessed day. She's a blessing to me. I like her. She's a Christian. Be the light. Do that for people. You will never know when they will come to you and say, why are you so happy? Be ready. Be ready be ready because it does happen. So I want you to write down these three words. Be a Barnabas. What do you know about Barnabas? Be a Barnabas. What do you know about Barnabas? First of all, did you know that Barnabas wasn't even his name? What was his real name? Anybody know? Joseph. His name was Joseph. But it says they huh? We never saw that coming. His name was Joseph, but they called him Barnabas because Barnabas means what? Son of encouragement. Well, I want to be that daughter of encouragement that meets at Lakeshore Drive in Waco, Texas. I want to be that daughter. I want to encourage you. I don't care. I want to encourage the kids. I want to encourage everybody I can. I want to be the cheerleader. And that's what Barnabas was. And God put his name in the Bible. If the Bible were being written today, would God be singing your praises? Are you the daughter of encouragement? Are you the Phoebe that works at the church? Are you the one that's doing this? There's a whole bunch of Phoebes at this congregation. I know I've met you. I've prayed with you. It's important to remember to be a Barnabas, to say these words, I am praying for you. Okay, let's go back to verse 30 of chapter 15. Bright eyes gladden the heart. Now, you'll like this one, girls. Bright eyes gladden the heart, and good news puts fat on the bones. Don't you love that? I call it the fat and sassy verse. Good news puts fat on the bones. Why? We need to smile more. When our eyes light up, when we see each other, and the rest of this verse says... When we hear good news, we just want to pop. We feel good all over. Write down Proverbs 1722. 1722, a joyful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. What does that mean? Joyous people make us feel better. But is it true, girls, that negative people can kill you? No. Negative, negative, negative. I once worked. Have you ever, do you have anybody negative in your life? Mm hmm. And it's hard for negative people when they're, you know, that's their personality. But I want to ask you something can it change? Yeah, you can change. Listen, with God, all things are possible. So don't give up. I used to work with a gal named Jenny, she would meet me at the back door. I worked, taught school for a while, and then I worked at a cookie company in um, Fayetteville, Georgia, and we sent out homemade cookies all over the town and all over Atlanta. Big business, just a handful of us. Jenny would meet me at the back door of this establishment, 8 o'clock in the morning, hands on her hips, and oh, I thought, oh, here we go. This is the way she started out my day. Did you know that that order that you took yesterday, you didn't get a telephone number? You know that we don't have a Visa card, we don't have anything on this person, and it's all your fault. That's what hit me. Girls, is that hard to deal with the first thing? Yeah. And she would hit me with that. No matter what I did for her, she just didn't like it. She liked me, and I loved her, but it was hard dealing with her. I would bring her back little presents or whatever if I'd been traveling. She didn't like the fact that I got to leave on Fridays and go travel somewhere and speak. She didn't like that. And I would try to bring her a little present back, keep her happy. It lasted about five minutes. Her sister was the owner of this little company. And I went to the owner, Kathy. And I said, Kathy, I've got to work another shift. And she looked at me and she said, it's my sister. I said, yes. Yes. She said, you just pick out wherever you want to work, what time. So I worked the afternoon shift. I finally had to remove myself from that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody tell me yes. Sometimes you've got to because it brings you down. And let me tell you something. When that happens, hear me on this, Satan gets a foothold in your mind. And that's not good, is it? (laughs) Sometimes we have to do these things. There are negative people. Don't let it pull you down. You keep on being that sweet spirit, the spirit that decided to be baptized in the water and get the blood of Jesus all over. You want to be forgiven? It takes courage to be baptized. It does. But you did that. God has a plan for you you young little chickens that are in this audience i wish i'd had this chap this verse when i was your age jeremiah write it down jeremiah okay 29 11 through 13 my favorite jeremiah 29 11 through 13 god speaking through jeremiah to the people of israel who had left him getting ready to go to babylonian captivity and he says, oh, the plans I have for you. You need to take this scripture, 11 through 13, Jeremiah 29, and put it on an index card and put it on, tape it on your mirror and on your child's mirror and on your grandchild's mirror. Oh, the plans I have for you. Plans for welfare. Do you know what the word welfare is in Hebrew? Shalom. What's shalom mean? Peace. How many of you want peace? Boy, I do. I hate conflict. Oh, the plans I have for you, plans for welfare and hope, and you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. But that's not all. You will come and pray to me with all your heart, and I will listen to you. With God, it's all things or nothing at all. That's the kind of Savior we have. That's where I want to be. You know, one of the prayers... There's two prayers that I pray all the time. Lord, help me to be what you want me to be. And the second prayer is, Lord, may my heart walk with your heart. I know that's an odd expression, but I want my heart to be right by God's heart so that I see things better and react better and be kinder, kinder, gentler nation. Don't we need it, girls? Somebody say amen. Somebody has said, oh, it's Milton Berle. How many remember Milton Berle? Write this saying down. It's so cute. Laughter is an instant vacation. Isn't it? Laughter is an instant vacation. The medical world has proven that when we laugh, our bodies produce, what is it? It's either dolphins or endorphins. Which one is it? Endor- that's it, endorphins. And we feel happier. Have you heard that? I've heard it's a true story. This man was diagnosed with cancer. He went down to Blockbuster when we had Blockbusters. And he got all the Three Stooges movies and all the comedies that he loved. And he watched them and laughed and laughed. And his cancer went into remission. Well, haven't we always heard attitude means something? The attitude that you have as you battle has a lot to say about it, girls. I've always thought that was interesting. Why would God tell us these things? Because he knows what life is like here. Who tells him especially? Jesus. Write down Hebrews 4. I love Hebrews 4. Not only does it tell us that the Bible or the Word is what? A two-edged sword. But it also tells us that Jesus intercedes for us, doesn't he? because he's experienced these things. I'm giving you a looser version. And it also says that we can come into his throne room how? The, boldly. Some of you may have confidently. Can you imagine? The Jew couldn't come before God. The priest had to intercede for him and he would just see the preaching once a year. You and I have the privilege when we obey the gospel, we can walk... Into the throne room, God's there 24/7, we can say, "Help me." However your words form. Sometimes you can't even form the words, right? Because the crisis is going to hurt or is hurting. And He knows, and Jesus is your high priest, intercedes saying, "Now, this one I can not hardly get my mind around. I know where she is, Lord. I've been there. You remember, Lord. I was there. What else could God have done for us? I don't know. I'm just so thankful. Amen. There is nothing more wonderful this side of heaven than being what are the three words? Just a Christian. That's all I want to be. I just want to be a Christian. I want to go to heaven more than anything else in this world. Want to go? It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. But you know what? We hang on to this earth way too much. I think that when we finally get up to heaven, we're going to have such a good time. We're going to say, Why in the world? Why in the world didn't I get here sooner? Why did I eat all that fiber? (laughs) Girls, I want you to write these three words down God loves women. He does love women. Now, I want you to think about it. God has so arranged the church that the men are in charge leading us. Amen? Are you not thankful? Man, I say this, I mean it. If we girls were in on the eldering, the deaconing, and the preaching, it'd be one big catfight. I know. I know women. But God says, I'm not going to put that on you. Don't you already have enough to do? You want more? No. I want to do it just the way it's laid out because that's the best way. And I know how much God loves me because He's doing that. He says He doesn't have to give us all the reasons. He just says, here's the example, and you'll have peace and joy. Girls, write down John 3, 16. We should be so happy for this scripture. So everybody, let's say it together. Let's say Let's go. For God so loved the world that He gave only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it should be should. It's conditional. You shouldn't perish. But there's more to believing. I know there's repenting and confessing and being baptized. All of these steps, Phil Phil Sanders, who does the Search TV program, says, write this down. People want a savior. People want a savior. They don't want a lord. Think about it. People want a savior. They don't want a lord. Why? They like. They believe God, but they don't believe in God, and they don't want. They. They believe in God, but they don't believe God. What does that mean? They know He exists, but they don't want to do what He says. See, that's a whole other thing. It's one thing to say. You know, He's uh, my personal Savior. But it's another thing to say, He's the Lord of my life. Because what happens to the Lord of your life? He rules. I answer to Him. He's the authority. I obey Him. How important that is, girls. It was God's plan from the beginning for mankind to be saved. Now mankind has a choice. God doesn't force anyone to become a Christian. Does he drag you down the aisle and and force you to be baptized? No. He lets you decide, and isn't it better? It's your decision. It comes from your heart. We don't want to be lost. I want you to turn to a scripture. Look at it interestingly, I hope, in 1 Peter, all right? Go to 1 Peter, and I'm starting in uh, chapter 1. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to go to verse 3. First Peter 1, I want you to look at it so if you have to take your phones out I understand but make sure they're still muted <laughs> First Peter 1 now here's what I want you to do for those of you with glasses can you just take them off for a minute you know you see me taking them on and off I'm so sorry I have to do this I have just had cataract surgery I can see I can, they're both 2020. I can see everybody but here's the problem I can't see to read that's the way it goes that's okay that's all right. That's why I take them on and off. All right. What did I just tell you all to do? Thank you. See, I, I'm also, you know, memory challenged. Okay. I want you to take these glasses. And even if you don't have glasses, pretend you got a pair right here. Now let's all put them on. Putting on our Greek glasses. Now I want you to pretend like you have a long sheet Are you ready? Wrap it around the back of you. Okay, I'm seeing you. Tuck it right here. Throw it over your shoulder. Hmm, got on a Roman toga. Now, all I want you to do is, if you can bend your knee, I can bend this knee now. Touch your shoe. That's a Jewish sandal you've got on. You've got Greek glasses, Roman toga, Jewish sandals. You've got on your three groups that continually are speaking and involved in the Bible. Girls, I'm going to tell you something, like El- Elsie Hufford says, make the Bible come alive. It's the most vibrant, wonderful world, but if it's sitting on your coffee table, it's not doing you any good. Make it come alive. So here's, wh- here's what I want us to do. This is a sad story. How many of you know of an emperor named Nero? What did this emperor like to do while Rome burned? Do, 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 do. Fiddled, right? He fiddled while Rome burned. Now, I want you to pretend that you're a New Testament Christian who has just gotten this letter that Peter has written. What do New Testament Christians know about Nero in Rome? What's he doing? He gathers the Christians up wherever he can find them. And you know what he does every day? Dips them in wax and puts them on pedestals and lights them all the way up to his palace. Can you imagine if you kind of slipped away and were able to slip away, seeing your grandmother on fire?
0: Can you imagine?
3: See, I can't even imagine. So let's go back. You're reading the passage. What do you think Peter says? See if you see any of this. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again. Yes. To a living hope. Yes. Yes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled will never fade away reserved in heaven for you for a salvation oh it's coming ready to be revealed in the last time in this you greatly do you have your Bibles out what's the next word rejoice and you're thinking I'm to be rejoicing even though now for a little while If necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, gold is, even though tested by, what word do you have? Fire. Now, it's the gold that's being tested by fire, but he's also, what do you think, referring? Is God doing a reference here? What fire did they know? Nero's fire. Nero's horrible fire may be found to result even though you're being tested like this in praise, you just keep on and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ and though you've not seen Him you love Him. That's us. We've not seen Jesus, but we love Him. And though you do not see Him now but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice, underline it, with joy, in case you were wondering, inexpressible, you can't even say the words, it's so wonderful, and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation, do you hear it, of your souls. Do you want to know what joy is? Write it down, your salvation. I don't know what tests you have in your life, I have seen in my lifetime more testing now as a Christian than there ever was before. How about you? I see more of it. It's coming, girls. We've got to be ready. And look at what they faced every day. Write down this scripture, Hebrews 5.8. Remember this. It tells us, Hebrews 5.8, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Talking about Jesus. From the things which he suffered. And sometimes, girls, we're going to suffer too. David said in Psalm 51, 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's a joyful thing to be saved. Jesus said, write this one down, Luke ten, twenty. In Luke 10:20, the apostles had gone out. This is the limited commission, I believe. And they had come back, and they were so thrilled because they had the power. And they were able to cast out what? Demons. Can you imagine what that would have been like? And they come back on a high. And Jesus brings them right back down to earth. Do you know what Jesus says to them? Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but you rejoice that your name is recorded where, girls? In heaven. You want to be happy about something. Be happy that your name is in the book. Your name is in the book. Now that's true joy. Joy is being just a Christian. Write down Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah 8:10 says the joy I'm sorry this keeps doing that. My voice is bigger or whatever. The joy of the Lord is my strength. What does that mean? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I think it means whatever makes God happy makes Becky happy. That's that's what I get from that. Keep studying it. See what else it says. J.R. Miller once said Okay, I'm going to let your brain just slide for a minute. Did you know that you carry an atmosphere about you? You either make your little spot in the world sweeter and better, or you make it harder for those who dwell in your circle. Isn't that interesting? Which one is it? Which one are we? For the people who dwell among us, girls, let me say this, God wants realistic daughters. Oh, it's funny to be immature and goofy. We all like to be like that. But to be like that continually? No, not continually. You hear a lot about a personal agenda, about what you've got to do. Listen write down these scriptures. In Mark 8, 35 and 36, Jesus says, For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels... Did you hear that? ...shall save it. For what does it profit a woman... We'll put a woman in there. ...if she should gain the whole world and what, girls? Lose her own soul. We used to sing that song. It's in the, in the newer books. And I miss singing that. What shall it profit a man... ...if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Write down James 4:13 through 15... This is a whole verse on priorities. So I want to say this to you. My mother was such a character. She came in, she was in my house one day in Fayetteville, Georgia. And she said, Becky, we used to have these great, oh man, her mind was so wonderful about the Bible. And she said, Becky, what is the Greek, do you know what the Greek word is for vapor? And I thought, oh, we're going to have this deep, Discussion. I said, no, mama, what's the Greek word for vapor? And she said, the Greek word for vapor is... W-H-H-S-S-S-S-H-H-H-H-H. Will you stop and think about it? Our lives are but... Girls, it was yesterday I was rocking my baby, red-headed little girl. Today, I cannot even rock... Her red-headed kids, because they're too big. Teenagers. Where did it go? <sighs> there is no dress rehearsal for this life. God's in the audience. We're on the stage. The play has begun. And if you're like me, you're in the last act. And you don't know where it all went, right? Right? Where did it go, those youngins? And I have found this to be true. Your grandchildren grow up faster than your own children. And it just keeps on going. And one of these days, it's going to be over. So here's the passage. You need to write it down. You did. James four thirteen through 15. This is priorities. Come now. You who say, today or tomorrow, we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there, and engage in business, and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while, that's the and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, what girls, what do we say in the church? If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Many of us have known people, who got up one morning, kissed their families goodbye, and on their way to work or to school, they stepped off into eternity. We don't have tomorrow. All we have is this moment. This is our moment. This is our time. We've got to live it and hang on and do it with with all the gusto we have and live for Him because we may not have this afternoon. Have you heard this letter? See who you think it's from. It's, It's not true. It's fiction. Dear friend, I just had to send you a note to tell you how much I love you and I care about you. I saw you yesterday walking with your friends, and I waited all day hoping you would want to talk with me also. As evening drew near, I gave you a sunset to close your day and a cool breeze to rest you, and I waited, but you never came. It hurt me, but I still love you because I'm your friend. I saw you fall asleep last night, and I longed to touch your brow, so I spilled moonlight on your pillow and your face, and again I waited, wanting to rush down so we could talk. I have so many gifts for you. But you awakened late the next day and rushed off to work, and my tears were in the rain. Today you look so sad, so all alone. It makes my heart ache because I understand. My friends often let me down and hurt me. But I love you you don't even listen to me. I try to tell you in the blue sky and the quiet green grass. I whisper it in the leaves on the trees and breathe it in the colors of the flowers. I shout it in the mountain streams. I give the birds love songs to sing. My love for you is deeper than the oceans and bigger than your biggest want or need. If you only knew how much I want to help you, I want you to meet my Father. He wants to help you too. My father's that way, you know. Just call me, ask me, talk with me. Please, please don't forget me. I have so much to share with you, but I won't hassle you any further. You're free to call me anytime. It's up to you. I'll wait because I love you, your friend, Jesus. That's a sad letter. Are we too busy for God? It's like we... This is what we do in our lives. I call it the couch illustration. We invite God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit into our lives and we put Him on the couch in our living room and we say to them, oh, this is going to be the best day I've ever dreamed of in my life. I'm going to ask you all the questions in the Bible I've always wanted to ask you. We're going to pray together. Oh, this is going to be so great. We're going to have the best day, but oh, I've got to go check my email. And and then I've got to go get cream and mushroom soup at the store for the, you know the casserole I'm going to make y'all. But I'll, I'll be right back. And oh, I do have to go pick up the kids. But I'll be right back. And y'all just sit there. Just and, and then. And they sit there, and they sit there, and they sit there. And one of these days, girls, times, up. And I want you to write down, what. Is more important than God. Nothing. Nothing's more important. I got to tell you about being a missionary's kid. Oh, I didn't want to go to New England. I didn't want to go. You know, I was the voice of Miss Negative, nine years old. Everybody else in my family wanted to go. I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay in Oklahoma where we were living. No, we're going, Becky. (laughs) You're coming. It was the adventure of a lifetime. Do you know that when I go back to New England, sorry, let me cry, when I go go back to New England, I have women, sometimes men, but mostly women, who come up to me. Now imagine this. They come up to me and they stand in front of me and they say, Becky, it's because of your mama and your daddy that I'm a Christian. That's a soul standing there in front of me, telling me something that's going to stay with me into eternity. They're gonna make it. My mother used to say, Becky, we can never walk in to heaven alone. It's just not right. You've got to take somebody with you. I have to tell you this about old Beck. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I can be very obstinate, hard to deal with. Did you ever argue with your mother? Oh, please say, say yes. Yes, you remember, don't you? I see you nodding your heads back there. You did it too. Well, I would be arguing, you know, usually I'm talking teenager. We were so much alike, but man, would she, she'd go down to the mat with me on this if I was arguing. Mother, I want to do this. And she knew that it wasn't right for me. And she would say, God will never bless you in that. Boy, she was honest with me. God wouldn't. And so I was just determined I was going to do such and such and such. And then finally, and I give this to you mamas, this will work with kids. It worked with me. And she'd say, enough. I'm not arguing with you anymore. And I'd think, okay, I won. And then she'd say, she took a different tack... And then she said this, and it broke my heart every time, and it still breaks my heart as I tell it. She'd look me in the eye and she'd say, Becky, I'm not arguing with you anymore. The Lord won't bless you if you go and do this thing you want to do. I want you to know that. The second thing I want you to know is that one of these days I'm going to die. I won't be here anymore. But I want you to know, Becky, that when I die, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to find heaven's gate, and I'm going to take my place at that gate, and I will wait, and I will wait, and I will stand there until I see your face. You think I was going to be bad after that? Mothers have a way with their children. You know what I'm saying. They reach down inside you and grab a hold of your heart. And they can say things nobody else can say. I'm glad she said that. Because at the end of the day, so many times growing up since then, what does old Beck remember? Mama's at the gate. Mama's at the gate. So I remember that. What is more important? We went to New England and had the adventure of a lifetime. I'm so thankful we went. We would have friends come in the summer and they would help us with VBS. In Concord, New Hampshire, we had the biggest VBS I've ever seen, well over 100 kids every day. That's a lot for a mission field. My daddy would drive a school bus. My mother was a school teacher. She would go and knock doors and all the women, all the little kids, Mrs. Fallow, Mrs. Fallow. They called her Mrs. Fallow. Mrs. Fallow's here, Mrs. Fallow's here. And they'd say, Yeah, we'll come to VBS. Mama and Daddy, yes, you can take our kids to VBS. We were known as the popsicle school. Because in between the two sessions, we gave everybody a popsicle, hosed them down, and then sent them back in for the second session. Well, we had, we had a couple of families come up from Texas to help us because you need help teaching all those youngins, And one of them was a preacher named Mike. Mike was a wonderful guy, great preacher. He taught the seniors, senior high class. And so, but Mike was a golfer. And every day we would say to him after VBS was over, Mike. We are going to go see the old man of the mountains that Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote about and his face is in the mountains. It's fallen off since if you go to New Hampshire. It fell off the mountain. And then we're going we're to go to the flume and walk where the ice, the glaciers came down and left waterfalls. You want to come, Mike? And he'd say, no, I'm going to go play golf. And all of his jokes were about golf. He was so funny. Next day, Mike, we're gonna go to the rock-bound coast of Maine. You wanna go? The water's freezing. It's great. We're gonna do the saltwater taffy, the best ice cream yet. It's always food. I'm gonna have a lobster. We're gonna go. You wanna come? No, I'm gonna go play golf. Okay. Well, at the end of the week, they all went home. Several years later, my mother went out to a lectureship. She was mom and Dad, and there was Mike. And she said, Mike, it's so good to see you. And they hugged, and they got to talking, and she said, Mike, how's your golf game? And he said, Lee, I don't play golf anymore. You don't play golf anymore? What happened? And he said these words. It was more important than God. He recognized it, didn't he? I'm thankful he did. Because he was able to go back to where it should have been and to give God what God need, what God had given him, the talent to preach. And so he did. He was able to turn his life around. And so we have to ask ourselves the same questions. What's more important than God? I heard an elder once say these words, true happiness is being in a right relationship with God. Now, got your Bible? Look at this one, Hosea. I don't know if it's Hosea. Hosea is the way you say it. Try and find it or on your phone, real quickly. Look at this passage Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. And it particularly has something to do with planting. I love this. Now, listen to what it says. It's a four line verse. Here it goes. So, that's S O W. So, with a view to righteousness. What does that mean? Plant seeds purposefully. Then it says, reap in accordance with kindness. What does that mean? Harvest kindness. Break up your fallow ground. What does that mean? Move your heart. Open up your heart. Things that don't have anything in it, let's open it up. And listen to the last line. For it is time to seek the Lord. Plant the seed, harvest kindness, open up your heart. It's time for us to seek the Lord. We had a meeting, oh, a couple, probably a couple years now at Lakeshore Drive. I live in the land of Chip and Joanna. Everybody know Chip and Joanna? They have turned Waco upside down. They really have. Nobody asks about the Branch Davidians anymore. It's where are the silos. Do you know how many people come to uh, the silos every week from all over the world? 30,000. Waco has just sprung up to life. Building all more shops, people want to get a piece of the pie. It's amazing. It really is how many people will come. Okay, what was I going to tell you? All right, what Westwood Adams said. i want to tell you about him coming to us. Have gospel meetings. Oh, they're so good. Don't let them disappear. So he came and he said this, and I'm going to pass it on, kind of something that I think is important. He gave this illustration, and it ties in with everything we're talking spiritual. He, says to, he said to all of us, the Bible, so write this down, the Bible is God's story, right? Right. The Bible is God's story. And then I'm going to put some emphasis in it. Y'all watching me? The Bible is God's story. Now watch old Beck. Just getting ready to do something. And when we become Christians, you watching? We step into the story. And it's our story now. Oh, don't you love that? That's my story. You're talking about Esther, you're talking about my sister. You're talking about Paul, that's my brother. You're talking about Jesus, that's my Savior. This is now my story. It's that, write it down, it's that personal. I've stepped over the line. If you ever been to the Alamo, there is a line that they say Colonel Travis, 27 years old, and he's a colonel of that band of Texicans. And on the night of March the 5th, 1836, around there, they knew that the next day they were all going to be killed. And he said to all the men, he said, there's the line in the sand. All of you who are with me, step over the line. You'll die with me tomorrow. Everybody stepped over that line, especially Jim Bowie, who had been wounded and was lying on a bed, and he had his fellow guys pick him up on his bed and move him over the line. Except one man did not, and he went home. Everybody else, what happened on March the 6th? They all died. Santa Ana? You know the story. Have you stepped over the line? I did. When I became a Christian, I stepped over the line. I killed that old girl. You know, Paul had to kill the old man. I killed that old girl, and I'll tell you something. That old girl rears her ugly head every day. I tell folks I just stamp her under the ground. One thing that I want to say to you girls, and I hope you never forget, Are you not thankful that the Lord is merciful to you and compassionate? I tell my sisters, I don't know how in the world God has time for you and your problems. He's got his hands full just making old Beck behave. But you know he's God and he loves you and he sent his son to die for you. And what are you going to do? You're just going to walk over. Listen, girls. When I think of, the, of Jesus on the cross every Sunday as we're partaking of the Lord's Supper and I imagine him there and I, th- I imagine Jesus standing on that hill with me. Nobody's there. You're not there. There's not anybody there but me and Jesus and he's standing beside me and he says to me, Becky, do you know how much I love you? And I nod my head. This is, this is something I do. I nod my head because I know what he's going to do, and a Roman soldier appears out of nowhere and nails him to that cross. I cannot wrap my mind around that, and I never will be able to, but I know this. When you really realize what Jesus has done for you, as much as you can, there's nowhere you won't go, there's nothing you won't say, and there's nobody you won't talk to about Jesus to have somebody stand in front of you and say, it's because of your mama, I am going to heaven. What does that mean old Bet needs to do? The example that was left for me, i got to do my part. And so do you. We're all in this together. We don't want to walk into heaven, what? Alone. Somebody has once said, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought life would be like, and learn to find the joy in the story you're living. Is, is it always joyful? No. Write this down. God wants you happy, secure, and positive. God wants you happy, secure, and positive. Satan wants you miserable, negative, negative and insecure. That's the way he wants you. And he stirs the pot, doesn't he? He wants you negative, miserable, insecure. Don't fight God, girls. Let him have his way. You have the words of James. Okay, James 1, the last scripture. In James 1, the half-brother of Jesus writes... I think the hardest scripture, one of the hardest in the world. Consider it all joy. Oh, there's our word. My brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Wow. Count it joy. How many of you, when you see your suffering happening, say, oh, isn't this fun? Well, no, it's not. But if you have had enough sufferings, you will realize what you're going to be better because of this. You're going to grow up, and that's what God's after. You growing up, and He's with you every step of the way. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death with your parents, or with your because you're sick, or somebody you love is sick. And you think, this is going to kill me. When my mother had Alzheimer's, I thought to myself, this is going to kill me. She didn't know who I was. But she would look at me and say, she knew I looked familiar, and she'd say, there's a day fixed. There's a day fixed. She was referring to Acts 17, where Paul told the people on Mars Hill, there's a day fixed. Talking about the judgment. Do you know that my little mama didn't know who I was, didn't know anybody, and she went out of this life teaching? Still teaching. There's a day fixed. Teaching about the love of Jesus. That's the way I want to go out. Let's write this down. Do we want to wear out or do we want to rust out? <laughs> Which one you want to be? you want to wear out? Or do you want to rust out? We all have sufferings. It was hard for me as Mama slipped away from me. She was my best friend and my best teacher. She had given me a Bible that was just like her Bible. And when we studied the Bible, we would be literally on the same page. And she would explain things to me. And she gave me her Bible because she, she had macular degeneration. And she couldn't see anymore. And then her mind left. And I took that Bible home, and at night, I started reading from her Bible. I would beg in my prayers, please, God, can I have her back? Did you see the movie The Notebook? Can I have her back? She wasn't coming back. She, I bought her a big phone with big numbers, one, two, three. She knew if she pressed number one, she got me. And this is the, what would happen. I'd hear the phone ring. I'd go over and answer it, and I'd say, hello. And this is all of a sudden what I would hear sometimes. I just called to say, I love you. And I would think, she's back. But it was just for a little while. And I would beg God, can I have her back? And here's the blessing. I started reading in her Bible at night. She had lessons, how to convert somebody, her thoughts, preacher's thoughts, things about Greek. Her Bible had so much ink in it, I said, Mom, if you squeeze it, ink will just fall all over my feet. Here's the blessing. When I started reading her Bible, I got her back. Not in the way I had asked, but God answered my prayer Becky wants to tell every chicken in this room, you're all my chickens, cheap, cheap. Listen to me. You listening? Don't ever, ever, ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on God. He's working. You just can't see it yet. Have faith. Stay the course. We walk by faith and not by what? Sight. Can you do it? Yeah. Remember this, sweeties. Daniel in the lion's den. God didn't save Daniel outside of the lion's den or away from the lion's den, but where? Right smack dab in the middle of the lion's den. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go? (laughs) Were they saved out of the fiery furnace or away from it? No, right in the fiery furnace and you and I walk through the valley of the shadow, and we don't go around it or over it. We go through it. Do you know why? Because it's in those places, write it down, we find God. That's why I wrote The Begging Place. All I did was beg God, can I have her back? But God was teaching me lessons. Has God taught you some lessons? I bet you every single woman in this room can sit down with me and tell me things about your life. Was it the life you planned? Did it turn out exactly like you thought? But in the Bible, you'll be reading something sad about a character, and then you'll have two words. Do you know what my favorite two words in the Bible are? But God. Because all of a sudden, but God... What'd he do? Stepped in and changed things. Stepped in and delivered somebody. Well, that's old Beck's story. If it hadn't been for God, there's a there's a Psalm 94, and it says, If it hadn't been for you, O Lord, I would surely have been in Sheol. What's Sheol? Place of the dead. Can anybody relate? If it hadn't been for God, that's where I would be. Why? Stupid kid, stupid things, stupid college. Yeah, we all do. Amen? Please tell me you've done some things you regret. (laughs) But God, did God step in and save you? Yeah, I know the stories. There is a famous poem called The Master Weaver's Plan, and Corey Ten Boom is the one who... Did not write it, but quoted it a whole lot. You know about Corey Timboom. Boom. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors. He weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget. He sees the upper, but I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shup- shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needed in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. My mother in one of her books wrote this at the very last page. The book is over. The writing is done. The battle has ended. The victory's won. But what really matters when truth I see, how was the gospel according to me? How to live it. Were my family glad that I was sent to be their mama? Is my husband glad he chose me to be married to? What about the church? Do I bring joy? Have I planted seeds of joy all over that church building? We've all got to think we're the woman in the mirror of James 1. You all have been so sweet. Now everybody say, cheep, cheep. Cheep, cheep. And now say, bah, Ba. You're my little sheep too. We all have to be this. The Bible teaches so. You've been so sweet and so precious. I say this wherever I go, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, girls. Bottom of my heart. If our paths never cross again... Hold on. I will see you at the gate. I will wait for you. And that's a promise. I sure do love you. Thank you, girls.
0: I can't hardly talk right now. (laughs) Try to pull it together. I want to see my mom at the gate, too. I think we've all got
3: our
0: places right there, too. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Was this not the absolute most glorious day? Let's give her another round of applause and see if I can regain my composure. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm just an emotional gal. I can't help it. Thank you so much for being here today. I know a few people came in just a tad later. If you did not fill out an attendance card, would you please go ahead and do that and just leave it in the pew? We would really appreciate it. We wanna know everyone that was here today, all the many congregations, and we had 223 sweet ladies here today, and that is fabulous. We didn't know what to expect, and that's the reason we had everyone RSVP. And if you didn't RSVP, we should have plenty of food so you can stay for lunch as well. Um, let's see. Next, We're not sure exactly when our next Ladies' Day will be. Our committee will decide that. And that's one of the reasons we want your name and address or your email, so that we can contact you when we decide to have um, our next Ladies' Day. And from the looks of things, I think that's probably a possibility, we hope. Um, Let's see, what else? Oh, yes, I was asked to announce that there is going to be a ladies' retreat at West Kentucky Youth Camp, November 4th through the 6th, and I'm thinking this is from Henderson Church of Christ. So if you go to their website, hendersoncfc.org, you can find out more information about that if you're interested. Is there anything else I need to cover? At least I didn't follow my bottom and go bounce, bounce, bounce. That's good. Hey, that's that's an achievement right there. Okay, all the churches that were here today. Of course, Glendale Road. We've got Hickory Grove, Antioch, Green Plain, Union Hill, Coldwater, Cadiz, Walnut Grove, Dover. I think Dover was the one that knew you, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really cool, actually. Benton, Brinesburg, Linville, New Concord, Friendship, Williams Chapel, Seven Oaks University, Bellevue, Union Chapel, Lebanon, Central, Lone Oak, Hope Harbor, uh, let's see, St. John Missionary Baptist, Hardin Baptist, First Baptist, Salem Baptist, Cherry Corner Baptist, Goshen Methodist, St. John Episcopal, First Christian, Hazel Baptist, Northside Baptist, First United Methodist, Mason's Chapel United Methodist, Highland, Cumberland, Presbyterian, and Redland Methodist, and eight had no congregations listed, but we are so glad you came today, and I hope you gained um, a greater love for our Heavenly Father. That's our mission. Excuse me, I'm going to do it again. And I have held myself together all day until then. We're going to have another song in just a few minutes, and then Kelly Vaughn is going to be leading our prayer. But before then, uh, whenever we exit the doors, we're a little bit early. Um, So Haley will sing, and if you want to add a couple of verses that may not be up there, you could probably do that. Is there anything else I need to cover? Okay. All righty. when you go out the doors to eat the lunch today, please just go ahead and try to go as back as far as you can, and that way it'll make it easier for the ladies that are going in later to, to have a seat. But we do hope you'll enjoy the meal today. Um, the most important thing was just you being here and being a, a light and being an encouragement to our committee that uh, that all of you showed up today. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And thank you, Becky, for traveling for such a long distance to speak with us because it was such an encouragement and thank you. It was a blessing. Okay, Haley, we'll have you come up and lead us to sing a song. I'm not sure if
1: the second verse was added or not, but if you want to follow along on page 587 in the hymnal, you can do that as well. So 587. 587. If the skies above you are grey, you are feeling so.
2: pray with me please dear loving father we just thank you so much for this day we thank you so much for the opportunity to meet together with um, god-fearing women to learn more about you lord we're so thankful for this time together to learn more about you god we're just so thankful for becky and her lesson we're so thankful for her to remind us about the joy that we all can have in our lives we're thankful that that joy comes from you Uh, through our our salvation through Jesus Christ. Lord, please be with us as this meal we're about to partake in, and the fellowship that we're about to pursue. And just be with the food to the nourishment of our bodies, and be with those who have prepared it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.